0: Women Taking the Lead, episode 239. What I realize more and more, especially as I've gotten older and gone through these things, is that it doesn't matter because I know my truth and I know who I am. So yeah, they are probably not going to say anything.
1: <laughs> and and likely I won't care hello my name is jody flynn and welcome to women taking the lead where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence integrity and a sense of humor. Have you joined the Women Taking the Lead private Facebook group? In this group, we are sharing our common experiences, asking questions, getting support, and cheering each other on as we take on new opportunities in life and in business. Go to womentakingthelead.com forward slash group and click on the green join group button. Now your future awaits. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. And thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Giovanna Capoza, who passionately advocates for women to stop settling for less in all areas of their lives. She began her spiritual and personal development journey over 20 years ago, and now acts as a catalyst for the transformation of the mind and the belief systems that hold you back and sabotage your life, relationships, and businesses. She calls her approach a form of radical self-love and responsibility, which brings forward more energy, presence, authenticity, and visibility in the people she works with. Giovanna, sign me up. Love everything that you've got going on, <laughs> but just tell us a little bit more. As we all know, that's the tip of the iceberg of a person is the, is their bio. So share a little bit more about you
0: and your own humble beginnings. Yeah, I was thinking, sign me up too. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, the first thing that comes to mind with that is is maybe not my very very humble beginnings, but when this whole journey started for me, and that was really uh, looking at my uh, life, and I call it suburgatory. You know, I was I was living a suburban life, which it's fine for a lot of people, but it wasn't working for me. I had a beautiful home. I had a handsome man who was a good earner and I had a career and, you know, I had checked all the boxes and I was, you know, everyone around me was like, girl, you got it. You know, like, it's all great. And I was unhappy. I was unhappy. I was 40 pounds overweight and I'm, I was already carrying about 30 pounds, you know, through my adult life, but I was an additional 40 pounds overweight. Um, My mom had just passed away a year earlier from cancer, and I was at this place where I thought, God, like I have everything you're supposed to have, and I'm not happy. I'm not living the life that I set out to live. And I realized I was living everybody else's life. I was living my mom's life. I was, you know, buying into what culture and society said I should have, and I wasn't happy. I was miserable. And so I had to take a long, hard look in the mirror after I realized I didn't recognize myself anymore and really just step back and say, what, what do I want? Cause this is not working. And it was really difficult because what I noticed came up for me and what I see come up with so many women is that guilt and shame. Like, just be happy with what you have. Like why, like you have, like, don't complain kind of that, you know, first world problems thing. Like, what's your, what's your issue? You have everything. And so there was a lot of guilt and shame that kept me in the situation because I thought i I shouldn't want anything more, and you know, a year after that, I was engaged, and I broke up my engagement, and I moved out, and I, you know, I started on this journey. And it's interesting because now, as I'm writing my book and I'm looking back, I'm thinking, God, I was so naive because I thought, oh yeah, cool, like we'll just break up, and I'll go move into my place, and like that's it, like I'll be just happily ever after, and everything will be great. And that was just the tip of the iceberg. That was just the start of of a journey that brought me, um, through some highs and lows.
1: Oh my goodness. I, you know, and I'm, we're definitely going to get more into this, but you know what, um, what, what is hitting me in the forehead. And I know this, you know, this is like, we're not all of us. I don't want to generalize to that extreme, but like many, many, many of us have bought into the idea of what will bring happiness. And more often than not, the people who have ultimately achieved all of those things are the most unhappy people because they've realized they've been sold a bill of goods and they've totally totally figured it out and they don't know where to go from there. So now the work, like you said, like tip of the iceberg, now the work starts. You have to figure (laughs) out for yourself what is going to make you happy in the face of everyone around you going, why the hell? Are you not happy? And part of it is too, like there's a whole nother layer, the people around you who don't want you to change anything, it's because they're still buying into that bill of goods. They still believe that what you achieved will bring them happiness. And if you're saying it doesn't, what do they do then? So they don't want you to start making changes and live a different life.
0: 100%. I mean, it threatens it threatens what their belief system is. And I love that you said, let's not generalize everyone, because I have a lot of really great friends and, and family that have have the life, you know, have the house and the family and the and they live in the suburbs and there's they're happy and it's great for them. And and it's not for everyone. So I love that you brought that in there. And yes, this threatens other people's mold of You know, this was the bill of goods, right? This was the equation that I was sold and I got it. And so now if you're disrupting that, if you're being the disruptor, which, you know, that's been me, if you're being the disruptor, then that threatens what I believe to be true for myself. And what I say to that is always be examining what's true for you, like always be looking at. So if someone in your environment is shaking things up and you start to get afraid, you know, use that as information. Like, let me, am I happy? Am I, am I doing things I want to do? Am I in alignment with my inner soul's calling or am I just towing the party line?
1: Yeah. And I love how you brought that up, Giovanna, that like, it's not to say you can't have those things. You can't, like, you can have the house, the car, the guy, you know, the business and, and all or the job, all of that and be happy, but it's not those things that, will do it for you, you know, chances are if somebody has all of those things and they are genuinely happy, it's because they've found and recognize and honor the things that do make them truly happy and and put the time and effort into those things as well. So we're not saying you have to sell everything and live, (laughs) live the life of poverty like a monk and all of that. You don't. It's just if there's this an attachment that these are the things that bring me happiness, that's where you'll get deceived
0: yeah absolutely it's examining where you get your happy from and for me my formula has been external stuff makes you happy you know when I'm the right weight which I'm I'm working on it but when I'm the right weight I'm going to be happy you know when I have the right guy I'm going to be happy if I'm driving the right car I'm gonna. and it's so we have all of these external representations of the formula of what's supposed to make us happy And the unfortunate and the devastating thing is when you have all of that and then you look around and you're like, I'm disconnected from my soul. I'm disconnected from spirit. I feel empty and I'm just numbing myself. So I I know I call it the walking dead. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's the life I was living. I was just going through the motions. I kept eating. I was putting, I'm, you know, putting on weight and putting on weight and putting on weight. I was devastated. I was unhappy. Um, and I wasn't acknowledging it until, it smacked me in the face and my smack in the face was my mom passing away.
1: Mm. And Giovanna, you have definitely overcome a lot. You know, when you talk about that time in your life, I know you get it when I'm, you know, obviously I'm going to lead you right into sharing, you know, a story of self-doubt you're playing small moment. You... I'm not going to say everything's cured and you're better, but you've definitely gotten to a place where you're enjoying success and you're sharing what you've learned with other people. But if you could, you gave us an overview of, you know, a tough time in your life. Now, what I'd like you to do is um, get specific on a particular story in which you were playing small and the lessons you've learned having come out the other side of it.
0: Mm. Yeah, the first story that comes up for me, I was uh, in Mexico. I had just woken up from a nightmare. Um, I think it was about three weeks early I had gone there to escape a horrible breakup and some devastating life incidences. This is about a year and a half after my uh, leaving my suburban life and I was in Mexico and I was on a bed and I had just woken up from a nightmare and I was devastated and rocking myself and crying tears. I don't even know where they were coming from. And I literally thought that I was going to be rolled out of Mexico in a body bag, not because I was going to kill myself because that wasn't in my consciousness, but I felt like the pain was so deep and the grief coming up over the breakup and residual grief over my mom and things that had just gone wrong in my life and choices I had made. It was so deep. I thought I'm going to die of a broken heart. I was by myself. I, you know, I was gone away. I didn't know anyone. I, you know, and I was just sitting on the edge of this bed and I was rocking myself, thinking, my heart hurts so much. I don't even know if I can survive this. And I had this instinct come to me. I had this peace come over me and I just heard, you know, put your arms around yourself. And I did. I put my arms around myself and I kept rocking and I kept saying, You're gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay. It's gonna be fine. And it was such a defining moment for me because it was the first time that I ever comforted myself. And I know that sounds radical, but it's the first time I ever comforted myself. It's the first time that I was ever there for myself. And it's and I was forced to because I didn't have anyone. Um, I didn't you know, no friends were around that I was that I could call. I just was in this bubble of isolation And I wrapped my arms around myself and I just kept rocking myself. And I, you know, I eventually felt this calm that came over me and I eventually fell asleep. And I remember waking up the next day um, after the previous day, which was an entire day of crying and going outside. And it was a new day. I, I don't even know what happened. It was miraculous. It was a new day. I had this new perspective and I suddenly got this lesson of, you know, no one's going to be there for you except for you and your faith in yourself and for me, my faith in source. And it was liberating. And, you know, I've, I've told this story before and people are like, oh, what an awful like realization that nobody's going to be there for you. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand coming from a victim consciousness of how I was raised and how I lived my life up until then. That was the best realization I could have made is no one is coming to save you but you can save yourself. And that was huge for me. That was a huge story. It was, you know, probably, I would say, my second big grief point in my life up until that point. And, yeah, and that was it. It was just learning that I could do it and I would survive. And I, it didn't matter if nobody was around, that I had the resources within myself.
1: Giovanna, okay,
0: have you, (laughs) like...
1: Listening You're to like, this okay.
0: story, like, <laughs> let's dive into this.
1: Yeah, I found myself becoming completely calm as you were sharing the story. That is powerful. That is a powerful realization. And I'm curious, have you yet had a chance to read Brene Brown's new book, Braving the Wilderness?
0: It is on its way from Amazon. <laughs>
1: yeah. You're going to love this um, because you, th- this completely, like, backs up what you're saying and is in alignment um, with your story. In the book, Brene shares a quote from Maya Angelou, and I don't have it in front of me, but I'll um, I'll, uh, paraphrase it, where Maya Angelou says, you belong to no one and nowhere. Right. And Brene talked to shared the quote in the beginning and talked about how it was the only thing that had her feeling in disc, you know, discord with everything that Maya Angelou has has shared over her lifetime. And at the end of the book, she was like, oh, my God, it makes perfect sense. Because when you realize you belong only to yourself. You know, yes. and not to anybody else and not to any one place. Belonging it has to do with owning yourself, with you know, being within yourself, which is exactly what you were saying. And and Maya's um, quote goes on to say, the price is high, but the rewards are great, right? That You do have to yeah. pay the price to realize nobody's coming to save you and you don't belong anywhere. But the reward is so great when you realize you belong to yourself and you can go from mm, there. I love it.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it. I, and I did hear her speak about that in an interview uh, as she's been promoting the book, which is what led me to order the book. But um, yeah, I I get I got goosebumps when you reminded me of that quote, because it is so true. And like I said, when you've lived your life in victim consciousness, which unfortunately globally, like we kind of are in this, mm-hmm. you did it to me and it's your fault. And, you know, we don't take responsibility.
1: Yeah, if you hadn't done X, I wouldn't
0: have done Z. (laughs) Totally, totally. And in that moment, like rocking myself on the corner of that bed, I, you know, yeah, I could have blamed my ex and I could have blamed and I and I was just grieving and I could have blamed so many people and I probably was, but I was there like no, none of those people were in that room. It was just me, myself and God in that room. And it was like, you know, either die of a broken heart because literally I thought my heart was going to explode. Or, you know, figure it out. And my figuring it out wasn't mental in the moment, you know, as we just said before the recording started, it can be very analytical and figure it out and problem solve. It was just surrendering.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. All right, Giovanna, now we're going to talk about leadership style because there is no one way to lead. We all have different personalities, strengths, experiences, and they all blend together to create our leadership style. And if we can own what our leadership style is, we actually become more powerful and influential as a leader. So Giovanna, how would you describe your leadership style?
0: I absolutely loved this question because I have never stopped to ponder this. I, you know, and I, and it really got me to slow down and look at what is that? Like what actually, what is a leadership style and what is mine? And what I can only share because of course I, I'm not on the outside looking in, but I can share just feedback that I've received. And what I find powerful is leading by example, um, my life pretty much, it's an open canvas. Like I believe that the reason that I'm a coach and the reason I do transformational work with women is because I got to go through my own stuff and then share that stuff. So for me, you know, leading by example, being authentic, um, and visibility, which is, you know, one of the things I, I, I coach on the most, that's, that's leadership, right? Is that authentic, um, sharing of oneself. And that doesn't mean, you know, I'm doing all my processing and like you know, healing myself through my clients or on Facebook mm-hmm. um, or on my podcast. It's it's about actually sharing what you've learned. Um, and that's, that's how I perceive that I lead. That's also the feedback that I've received.
1: I love that. And Giovanna, what is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about and you want to share with us?
0: Well, I, besides my podcast, which is my new baby, which I absolutely love. You're you're my podcast, Shiro. I have to tell you. Um, <laughs> um, but my book. So I, I just started my book, and um, it is about my story, and um, I'm really excited about it because it's been in the background, kind of tapping on me for for the last year, if not more. Um, and I just started that, and I'm I'm really excited to be writing it. I get really giddy when I get to sit down and work on it, and it just feels like my my next new baby.
1: Mm, It's cathartic to sit down and write a book and you do get excited to share it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I really, it's interesting because it's, 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 it's going over old wounding. So there's, um, part of my excitement is like, there's more stuff I'm sure in there that's, you know, more realizations, more awarenesses. So I'm sure it's going to be very healing in and of itself.
1: And I'll be looking forward to that. So, you're definitely going to have to keep me posted so then I can blast it out to everybody. Awesome. (laughs) And, Giovanna, on the flip side of things, what would you say is your biggest leadership or business challenge that you're faced with right
0: now? Do you know, I'm going to say the same thing I said for the other question, which is visibility. Like, I find that as visible as I enjoy being and that I think I'm being, I I don't think I'm being visible enough. And it's, you know, you teach what you most need to learn. So I think for me, um, I'm I'm challenged with uh, getting out there more and sharing a little more. Um, It's funny, I had this interesting feedback from someone lately about sharing my story, And, um, and I said, oh, like I've shared it so much and I've written blogs and, and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm like, oh, everybody's heard it. And she said, no, not everybody's heard it. So it's interesting. It's, it's the same, it's the same thing, right? Um, being more visible. Okay. So I heard a couple of things in in what
1: you said, there is getting in front of more people right and not yep. assuming that everyone has heard your story before right we're, we can bore ourselves like sharing <laughs> totally. the same story over and over again i get it i totally get that um but also right re- you know but when we recognize like okay we're in front of a new crowd who hasn't heard our story before and if it can help the pe- the other people who have already heard it it could help these people too but you also said sharing more and that to me sounds more like vulnerability what is, is yeah, is that is that what you're seeing?
0: Yeah. To me, visibility and vulnerability go hand in hand, right? If, um, your ability to be vulnerable also makes you really visible, right? And, and, and kind of vice versa in a way. So yeah, they do definitely go hand in hand and, um, Yeah, that's a great catch. That's totally, that's totally what's part of it.
1: Okay. So I have no doubt you, you are pretty good or you have aligned with the right people who are helping you to be more visible. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, I have.
1: Okay. So let's dive into vulnerability. So what, what are you bumping up against, um, with that?
0: That's a really good question. And actually, um, Uh, The first thing that came up for me, as you said it, which is interesting because I never pondered it before, is kind of backtracking to that beginning of my story where I had all this, um, shame around wanting more, which actually kept me in a bad situation. Um, and so it's not the same kind of, uh, I would say shame or guilt, but it is that, um, it is that little bit of edginess around certain parts of my story, which I won't reveal because they'll be in the book, but it is a little bit of edginess around certain parts of my story and feeling um, the collective maybe um, shaming that might happen, right? So there's right. always a fear of that. And this is why I love Brene Brown's work, right, is mm-hmm. really diving into that. And, and that's what I do find is that whenever I'm not being vulnerable or whenever I'm not sharing more. It really is because of a fear of judgment.
1: Yes. You have the same collective they that I have. <laughs> what will they oh, say? <laughs> Who are they? Right. I had, I had this conversation with somebody just over the summer. Like, I don't think they exist. <laughs> and I was just they like,
0: what? For in your head.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. So what, what are you afraid they are going to say?
0: Oh my gosh, you know, that's so actually, (laughs) that's such a great question. Cause I'm like, what are they going to say? And like, the reality is I don't think they're going to say anything. (laughs) Those damn they. Yeah. And I mean, thank you for asking that because it just goes to show you that they just live in your head. Um, yeah. What are they going to say is absolutely nothing. And you know, even if they did say something, um, What I realize more and more, especially as I've gotten older and gone through these things, is that it doesn't matter because I know my truth and I know who I am. So, yeah, they are probably not going to say anything.
1: Mm -mm, No. And probably (laughs) they are. Right. And and the reality is, like, they are probably going to thank you for being so vulnerable and honest in your book. I actually tested this out after the conversation I had over the summer and they, the, they, I thought didn't say anything, just like you said. And there was a whole nother group of people that thanked me.
0: Mm. Oh, you just reminded me of something beautiful. I Yes, absolutely. Fully agree. I remember, I remember being in a circle of, of coaches. It was a mastermind group and I remember the lead coach asked a question about, you know, sharing something that you really just you held so much shame and self-judgment about, and it was really edgy for everyone. And as we went around the circle, and everybody shared, at the end of it, the question that was asked is, how many people heard the other person's biggest shame or self-judgment and thought either me too, or eh, that's not who cares. And everybody raised their hand because it's, it's so interesting because what you hold the most, you know, shame or guilt or self judgment about is you amplify it. Right. And to other people, yeah. you're like, they're, they're like, just really like oh big deal, you know? Right. Um, and that was a really cathartic exercise. And that was, you just reminded me of that.
1: Yeah. That's- it's like trying to hold a beach ball underwater. That's the, that's the analogy I was given that when you're ashamed of something and you're trying to hide it, it's, you have to put so much effort and energy into put it to pushing it under the water that it has power over you.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: You can't move. You can't like, you're limited. You're stuck. If you move, the ball's going to bounce out of the water. But if you just let the ball bounce out of the water, you're like, Hey, I have this beach ball.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and here it is with all its colors.
1: (laughs) Right? And just like you said, other people will say, oh, I also have a beach ball or, hey, that's not that big of a deal. You know, I love that story that you shared. Awesome. So now I'm doubly excited to hear your book (laughs) or I should say to read your book, but I also also I want the audio version too, so I can hear your voice while you're telling the stories because I think there is something really powerful when we are willing to share our stories. And I totally get what you said earlier. It's not like you're trying to process with your clients or on social media, but to um, maturely and responsibly share a story knowing that it's going to help other people.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yay.
1: All right, Giovanna, we're now going to do the quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice that you have that helps to make you a better leader?
0: I would say that my own personal spiritual practice, um, if I'm not centered and if I'm not um, you know, coming from a place where it's not just me doing the work, but I'm allowing something to work through me. Um, I'm, you know, I'm just not there. I'm not able to be present with my clients, I'm not able to be present in conversation. So my biggest thing for me in terms of leadership, it, it almost wouldn't be the answer you expect, but it is my, my spiritual practice. Um, it is, you know, calling in something greater than me to work through me with my clients, because I don't have all the answers. And if I think I do, um, that's usually when I make all the mistakes.
1: <laughs> and what advice would you give your younger self?
0: Mm, find love inside yourself.
1: And Giovanna, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for
0: you. Hmm. I would, my, I, there's a couple that popped into my mind, but it's, literally one that I, you know, kind of created, which goes back to my first point, which is you're not doing this alone.
1: And what does that have meaning for you? How does that live in your life?
0: It lives in my life, uh, twofold. One is I, um, am someone who is a
1: great
0: problem solver and someone who, um, you know, it's like, there's a problem that needs fixing. There's a solution that needs getting, I've got out of my way. Let me figure it out. I'm going to do it. Very cerebral. And I I kind of make the joke that for the first 36 years of my life, God was kind of sitting on the sidelines and he or she had their arms crossed, tapping their foot going, let me know when you want me to jump in here. (laughs) And I was like, no, no, I'm fine. I got it. I'm good. I got it. And you know, that's what it speaks to is that actually I'm not doing this alone, whether it's this life, whether it's this interview, whether it's this coaching session, whether it's the book, whether it's whatever the this is, that there are greater resources than just my left thinking analytical brain that can help here. And so it actually strengthens and reinforces where I come from, because I don't have to figure it all out. In fact, I can't with my little human egoic self (laughs) figure it all out. So that's what it reminds me of. Yeah,
1: love it. And Leslie, Giovanna, what is the best way for this community to connect with you?
0: Yeah, so they can find me on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. I'm there under She Rises Podcast, Um, or they can go to SheRisesPodcast.com and they can find out a little bit more there about me and what I'm up to in the podcast. All
1: right. And for those of you listening, I know you're oftentimes, you're on the go, you're in the car, you're out for your run. You know, you can find all the links and resources Giovanna shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. If you put her name in the search bar, her show notes page will come right up and she spells her name G-I-O-V-A-N-N-A. And Giovanna, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you.
0: Thank you, Jody, for having me. It was an honor to be here.
1: Before we say goodbye, if you have not yet joined the Women Taking the Lead private Facebook group, come join. Hang out with me and other amazing go-getting women who know the power of community and networking just like you. Go to womentakingthelead.com forward slash group and click on the green join group button. Again, thank you for joining me and here's to your success.